So amongst the winter storms of early 2022, national Bayesian hero Robin Rihanna Fenty has handed down her royal edict, announcing the impending birth of her first child. We are here for it. We are here to talk about it and all things Black because this is Black History Month 2022. All I can say is blessed be the child. That is it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome me. Welcome you. Like Alicia likes to say, I feel like we're swapping roles here. So I'm trying welcome to get her, her line up. Welcome you. Welcome us. Welcome everyone. Um, we are so happy that this episode is going to come out at the start of none other than Black History Month. We're not going to hold y'all to the fact that y'all gave us the shortest month. I'm not going to start by screaming at people We're over at it. the beginning at Black History Month. But we know that we continue to excel every day in every way. So, you know, just move out our way. Let us enjoy our little Black History Month and let us continue to enjoy our year with all of the good news that we hope will be bestowed upon us. So this week, yes, Alicia, we're going to talk about all things black, 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 blackity black. Yes, I know you have uh, made your way down to the Target and picked up the uh, the collection. Whole collection. The whole collection. <laughs> to the point where there's only, I only have about one other thing to pick up, okay? And the thing is all the way up in West Bumble, where you know there's only in stock there because the girls and the boys out in that part don't buy True. stuff like this. But I don't feel safe driving to that part. So it's like, you know. I mean, just pick me up a pin or something because I haven't made it down. I got you. I feel like it's sold out. I I feel like y'all have purchased every pen, pencil, notebook, notepad. I'm not going to put your business in the streets. But, you know, you have a special. This is your special month. And I already picked you up the goods. So don't worry about that. Okay, girl. I got you. I got you. I just. Nice little pin, you know. Yeah. I just need to know how I can get them to transport the things to a blacker area here because I'm not willing to drive where I need to drive to get the last item I need. Well, hopefully you find what you're looking for. Let's get to the campus news. We are, like we said, talking about all things black. And the first thing that I wanted to bring up on the docket today was that everyone um, may not know that uh, U.S. Supreme Court, there are a lot of things happening with the U.S. Supreme Court currently, right? Mm. Um, But one of the biggest things is that they are, again, taking up affirmative action cases in higher education. And they're actually taking up two cases at once, um, one out of Harvard, and the other one is out of North Carolina, from the University of North Carolina, the nation's oldest public state university, as it may. So they're taking these up as a pair of cases. Um, The precedent for this has been set for decades that you can't use race alone, Mm -hmm. but you can use race as a part of another mechanism. So grades, uh, test scores, boom, boom, you can use race or, you know, uh, out of state, in state diversity. Like you can use it as a part of a metric. You can't use it by itself. Mm-hmm. But they are set to go ahead and take these cases up again. The last time that they kind of looked at these was in 2016. And like I said, it is very important because, you know, we have a very conservative leaning Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, we are truly just, I guess you could say, hoping for the best down here. You know, um, 
It's interesting, especially when we're talking about the ivy. If you want to say they're built on quote-unquote tradition, yes, the traditions that exist there include what people do not view as affirmative action practices, but Mm -hmm. yet they are. And what we're referring to is legacy admin. I was about to say, are you talking about the legacy girls? Are you talking about the legacy girls? Yes. And you know, it's funny, I was um, scrolling through TikTok, you know, my favorite pastime. And there was a young lady who was (laughs) digging up the dirt on the IVs and affirmative action and legacy admits, et cetera, et cetera. Not only legacy admins, but children of high rolling donors to the IVs. And based on research, those admits have much lower test scores and a lower student profile overall than students who were regular admits. And the fact that I think that's the part for me, like as I got into higher ed, many people may know this. If you know me, I'm in, I'm in admissions. This is my wheelhouse. This is my backyard. Um, actually, no, this is not my backyard. This is my dining room table. It's your bread and um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my bread and butter. And I work with these students. I And I see the, what they call high ability, cream of your crop. And then I see what they call like your bread and butter students. And then I see the diversity efforts. And I can tell you if it, if, if, Affirmative action, if using race as a segment of multiple factors is a problem, then some of the practices that we currently do are a problem. Like the amount of money that we invest in certain groups is a problem because even though it's not saying, you know, okay, the student had a high GP and Tesco, but when you when you pull in scholarships and you saying, I'm going to give a student a full ride off of just GP and Tesco, you intend for them to show up. And we know from the practices that we know before that these tests, these standardized tests are not balanced. They're not, I -hmm. always go back to my favorite episode of Good Times. Like Michael told you, the kids not going to understand what a yacht is, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you use certain words. And so, I mean, it's 1978 is when they took up the first case and the, the court has since 1978 held its ground on the fact that it is okay to use affirmative action or use race as a factor, as one factor among many in college admissions. Um, You can't use, you know, quotas or mathematical formulas and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But like, it's really interesting to see what may happen within the next few months um, as it pertains to this, because this could change the landscape of higher education, right? And, And right now we know that there are many places and many schools that want to uphold their old traditions. And they pull in what people say, like, you pulling for straws? They pulling hmm. for straws right now, okay? The SAT done told y'all, they done moved the test from three hours to two hours, and the girls are going to do it in the house. They said cut so it, you, basically. <laughs> you're not going to have much. You're not going to have much to go off of in order to put the, the legacies or put those people in, in, in the forefront. You're not going to have much. It's just, it's just another instance of... It's a the scheme that set up. It, it's another scheme. It's another scheme. And it's just another instance of people in this country want, not wanting to acknowledge and rectify the wrongs and the ill traditions that this country has been built on. We all know that these universities and colleges here, especially these Ivies, were built on the Blacks of Black people. In case you didn't know, they were built on the black, on the backs of Black people. Mm-hmm. We have been excluded from the landscape for centuries. And now that we're trying to catch up and being given these 
opportunities to try to catch up, which we've talked about that we ain't really catch up. Mm-hmm. There is backlash. And it's just interesting to me that the student populations of most universities still is a reflection of the population of the U.S., majority mm-hmm. white, but they are still unhappy with that. These universities have 60 to 70 percent uh, white students, and then the mm-hmm. rest is broken down amongst the rest of the minorities. Okay, it's a reflection of the nation. And not even so much a reflection of the working class nation, it's a reflection of the college-educated, high-income portions of the nation. And that's the way you guys want to keep it. Even if you are population-wise a minority, you want to still be the most educated in the nation, which is physically impossible because you have all these jobs that have to be filled. We still in the Great Resignation, guys. I mean, so, well, do should the universities be 80% white and then the other 20 be broken down amongst the, the minority? Like, what are we aiming for here? What is I think they're aiming for... Issue? I think they're aiming for exclusion, right? So <laughs> I had... No, I'm being very... I'm... Like, this is one of the topics I had a conversation with a friend the other day. And I was like, you know, you see us needing... Um, or you see us having this conversation about student loans and there are a lot of students that are saying it's not worth it. I'm not going to go. I could have a job and I could learn something at like a trade school. I could learn something at like a, um, like a tech school or something. Right. And a lot of bit, like a lot of corporations are getting to the point where they are having like in-house mm-hmm. training. Right. Mm-hmm. So they'll train you to do the job. Yeah. So if you can imagine a workforce in 10 years that the min- what we call the minority, the racial minority population is all, they're trained, they're trained, they're trained, they're trained. But your PhDs and your MBAs and those terminal degrees, they're like, they're getting money to come up with the ideas for the society, mm-hmm. but only white people are going to college because so they only have the privilege. Create another caste system. On top what is of that what movie? Yes, girl. But what's that movie when they would tell the kids who would go here and it was like candle and this and that and the kids were in or like you had like a ceremony, but you went into different populations and some were the smarties and some were the workers and some were the farmers. Oh, Divergent? About... Yes, I think that was part of Divergent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like that's what they're moving to. Like they're going to classify whose kids get to go in, what they get to do, because you know, the SAT held up for a long period of time, but it's not going to hold up for much longer in order to maintain these systems of oppression. Well, the Supreme Court has a lot of important things that they need to be looking at. This is one of them. And and while the girls are looking, they're going to be looking <laughs> for a new member. So let's talk about it. So Grandpa Joe, you know, we still have some things to talk about with Grandpa Joe, but we will We will leave that on the docket for now because he's introduced a new topic, which is that he may be replacing Justice... No, not he may. He will be replacing Justice Stephen Breyer, who sent his official resignation in last week. Will be... No, may be replacing him with a black woman. With a black woman. I don't believe it till I see it, but I have my fingers crossed. So, Grandpa Joe... I mean, I know you're hard at work. We have not seen the fruits of that labor um, as Black women, so we're waiting on this one. Um, you, we we got Kamala. She's been kind of quiet, which is fine. Which is fine. That is the role of the VP. But the very first Black woman Supreme Court justice in the U.S., big deal. 
Um, it is a big deal in many ways. Justice Breyer is 83. He is going to step down, although he is in apparently good health. I think he's going to do so in order to allow us yes. not to get into the 2022 elections yeah. um, and have a catalyst of hot mess. So I believe he's stepping down in the summer at the end of the, of the judicial term because right. the Supreme Court has a term they stop in the summer or something like that. And so he'll be stepping down in the summer. Um, I commend him for that. Um, because we all know these are lifetime appointments. So if you don't know, these are lifetime appointments. And it is very, if you look, he, like I said, he's the oldest. Um, the next person after him is 73, Clarence Thomas. And the youngest person is, my friend calls her Amy Coney Island, but I'm going to have respect. <laughs> so I'm going to say Justice Amy Coney Barrett, because I'm not going to call that woman that. I like I'm gonna, that one. I like I'm going to have respect. She is 49 years old. The ramification of having her on the court at yes. the age of 50 means that she will probably be there for the next 30 years making yes. decisions, right? And she she's not one like Briar. I don't think she's going to step down at all. And so the implication of him stepping down and Biden, like you said, having to appoint somebody and it, according to the campaign promise, possibly being a black woman is very important. And so we just want to remind you that we do remember these campaign promises and mm -hmm. while we are reminding you of these campaign promises, we would like Senator Wicker to shut his behind and sit down um, talking about this is an affirmative action pick. At mm -hmm. no point did we say pick a black woman off of the side streets mm -hmm. of the backwoods of the worst town. We said pick a qualified black woman. And from the last time I checked, there are over, there's a list of over 20 Supreme Court qualified black women yeah. that can fill this position. So, Senator Wicker, out of no. Roger Wicker from Mississippi? No. Ma'am, ma'am, you need, sir, Mr. Sir, Mr. Who, Wicker, go Mr. ahead. Go Senator ahead, Wicker. Go ahead back on down to the bayou, and you need to go pay attention to your Department of Education within the state of Mississippi, and then come back and talk to us about something else. That's what you need to focus on first. He said, you know... The, of the girls that I, the, all the pictures here of the excellent black women, eight excellent black women. He said that this would be a affirmative action pick. I don't remember him saying that about Amy Coney. Feel free to fill in the last part for your kicks and giggles if you'd like to. Mm -hmm. I don't remember him saying that about her. And so, um, and Trump didn't say, make a campaign promise that he was going to appoint a woman. And he did appoint a woman, mm -hmm. a white woman. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Like I said, Wicker, I need you to be quiet. Um, the GOP need to sit you down. I heard Lindsey Graham said that Wicker was incorrect. We don't trust you too much, friend. But yes, grab your boy and sit him down and explain to him that there are qualifications. And then there's something called um, white privilege. That is the way that we have. I think I want to get it right, but please don't hold me if I'm wrong. Either 114 previous Supreme Court justices and only seven have been not white men, or it's 117 previous Supreme Court justices and only four have not been white men. Either way, we listen, are just saying somebody else a chance, guys. Listen, nobody below the Mason-Dixon line needs to talk to me about gender equality or education. I don't want to <laughs> hear it. Next. And, and, and that's what we're going to. Let's just, let's just keep it. Let's just keep it moving. The next thing on the list here today is the state of Florida. Guys, what, girls, what, 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 I, I already know it, it has to be your friend, your boy. What did he do now? It's not my friend. It's not my friend. We're not friends. Florida has now a bill to shield people 
from feeling discomfort <laughs> over historic actions by their race, nationality, or gender, <sighs> and it has been approved by the Senate committee as of January the 20th, 2022. Yeah. It was approved? By the by the Senate committee. So it hasn't oh, hit okay. the Senate yet. Oh, okay. But guys, this is why you need Supreme Court justices. This is why you need to go out and vote for your your judges in your local elections. Mm-hmm. Because these people mm-hmm. can be, you know, groomed to continue to move up and up and up. So that when state senators and governors seek to make these crazy rules, you can take it to court and challenge it on court by the merits of the court. Okay? The girls already told you we are last school dropouts, but we understand the court system. Okay, guys? So... So my it, understanding when I read the story is that this, is it a bill? Uh, it not, is a bill. It's backed by bill. the governor. Okay, yes, it would, bill it would be. introduced by Ron Death Santis is t- the purpose is to prevent teachings of historical fact related to race in America for fear of making white students uncomfortable discomfort or guilt okay mm-hmm. it was first approved by the state's senate education committee so the people that are in charge of education guys I mean, what are you doing again florida is like the south in many ways very different from other states in the south but very much like the south in many ways i don't understand how this is even a thing you know texas is doing their little fun stuff over there. And I really believe that Florida is just mimicking everything that they're doing over there. And we're going to talk about a couple other states that are, are doing some foolishness too, um, a little bit later, but this is despicable. It's disgraceful. And what I really want, they're trying to avoid hostile work environments. What I, what they've already, they've already made it illegal for us to have any type of, uh, racial sensitivity training for government employees. So, we're, we're, I mean, <laughs> so what I really want people to take note of is they're coming for us, but you're next. So all other minority groups who think that, oh, it's just, you know, they don't want to talk about Martin Luther King, it's fine. When they start erasing uh, the events at Pearl Harbor and the events over in Japan and mm-hmm. the when they start erasing those things, I want y'all to remember this. It, it, it's, it is often said that, you know, when they came for this person, I said nothing. When they came for that person, yes. I said nothing. But when they came for me, there was nobody to speak for me. There you go. Y'all, please remember it because if y'all think this is about CRT, it is not. And I mean, as an educator, I told somebody that I feel kind of at a loss because I don't know what to say and what not to say to my students. I also don't know if in five years it's going to be any better. So like we get in these degrees and we continue in these careers and we have no idea what we're going to be able to say and what we're not going to be able to say in the in the years coming. So, I mean, just we're, we're just going to have to wait and see and hope that people do the right thing. These this bill being introduced, we don't have the opportunity to vote on as the citizens in Florida. We don't have a say, unfortunately, but we do have a say in November of 2022, which is just a few months away, when we can vote to move some of these folks out. So please keep that in mind. This is an election year, uh, not a presidential election, but that is not the only election that matters. So 
let's do what we need to do in November so that we don't have to hear the name DeSantis ever again. Ah, <sighs> oh, he might run for president, child. But anyways, we won't go on that. Um, the last thing on the campus news today is that we just want to say a prayer for the students at a few HBCs, HBCUs, sorry for my slip up today, as it came across this morning that Howard Southern University and a few other HBCUs received bomb threats this morning. The FBI is looking into it. We don't know if they are coordinated, but at least six historically black colleges and universities received bomb threats this morning Mm -hmm. or on Monday, the 31st. We are mm-hmm. recording so Monday those, the 31st. Those universities were Southern University, Howard, Bethune-Cookman, Albany State, Bowie State, and Delaware State. We're keeping those students in prayer. We're keeping those administrators in prayer. That is a that very, is... especially that it is a specific type of institution mm-hmm. that has, mm-hmm. I was, I, I don't, I, I fear even using the word attack, but like put on alert, right? And so... Um, but just based on that, you feel unsafe in your space. And the, and the hard part is that that space is your skin. Right. Right. And you can't get away from that. And so I just, I just want to sh- share, you know, just heartfelt, like I'm praying for those students. And I hope that those students like amidst having to be in college in the middle of a pandemic, um, find the support that they need on their respective campuses. Well said, um, yeah, they basically said they're going to erase, vote, pass bills, and then, you know, if that doesn't work, what do they resort to? The violence. Um, this is despicable, but it's behavior that we've seen before. Um, I think we just need to figure out how we're going to combat this type of ignorance. So uh, keep those HBCUs uh, in mind. Keep them in prayer as well. And let's move on. Okay, so it's the beginning of Black History Month. Well, when y'all hear this, we'll be well into the first week of Black History Month. So we just want to kick it on the quad, have some quad talk, and discuss some of the issues around being Black here in America as it pertains to um, work, education, We talked about some of the attacks on Black history, um, but they are, and they is the the proverbial they, are attacking Black history from all angles. We've seen recently, and I sent you some stories when some we've talked about, basically book burnings are back. Mm. I was getting to that. That was where the conversation went at the end of the last segment kind of like as an educator, like I've, so I've, what do they call us? Um, I've, I've collected a significant amount of books over the last, I will say two years. And I can tell you each one of them from cast to 19, um, to 1619 to how to be anti-racist to, there are books that if they don't tell you about being black, they tell you about how to be good to black people, they're by good black authors. And the other day, I kind of sat down in front of my bookshelf, and there was a sense of fear of like, am I supposed to have these kind of thing, right? And we're seeing that more often. I know, and I think on both sides too, like, I know there's um, a school, I believe in Virginia, that is taking 
to kill a mockingbird off of its required mm-hmm. list of readings i have never read to kill a mockingbird i have um child we was reading them good caribbean novels down there <laughs> in high school um I, thank I you to miss barry who taught caribbean history that said no we have to read these good caribbean books um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. How do you feel about that? Like, do you ever feel like you bought something that's it could um, it could it might be a problem in a few years? Um, I yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think both you and I have read well, I, you more than me, but have read books on um, racial inequity and things like that that we've seen across the globe. Um, so I mean, of course. We're going to have some of those things in our libraries here or at work. And yeah, we've read these things and the target audience is people who are ready to face the fact that racial issues exist. Um, And we are seeing that there are tons of people in positions of power who are not like that and Mm -hmm. they don't want this information out there. So, yes, I have read books and papers and whatnot and thought, oh, (laughs) some people ain't going to like that. Like, that's information that so-and-so wouldn't like to be spread, um, for sure. I'm trying to find the list of books. I feel like, I know... I know Beloved is on there. Yes, I was telling you about that. They are at the throat of the girl Toni Morrison. Like, they are at... Won't let her live. I think the governor of Virginia Um, is, like, at the throat. Um, So you were talking about Virginia, but I had seen a school board in Tennessee, and I'm trying to find the list, but everything is now being overshadowed. I don't know if you noticed, but apparently there is one particular book about the Holocaust that is now being banned, and that is now overshadowing the news stories about book bans, where there are... uh, Oh, is it Maus? M-A-U-S? Maus? And there, mm-hmm. there is a, a long list of Black or racially related books um, that have been banned as well by several different um, education boards across the nation. But now this, this book on the Holocaust is like taking the, the spotlight because it mm. has been banned as well. So I'm having a hard time finding this list. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, the list is eventually going to be kind of never ending. You know, you think about it now. And we see the backlash, child. If you want to see spicy, spicy news and spiciness in the in their community, go and read the reviews on Amazon for the sixteen nineteen oh, project. Like they have Nicole Hannah Jones. They hate her. They have her. You know what she calls something? The something malatris. Like they. Oh. Ha- she, that's that's <laughs> what she calls herself. No lie. Like um. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so I feel like her book. Um, and next you would find like, um, you know, they're going for the great. So they're going for your Toni Morrison's now, but your Zora Neale Hurston's, Hurston's, which I mean, like Zora Neale Hurston girls, come on, we already in high school. But then I look in my bookshelf and I'm like, you know, they've gone after Ibrahim X. Kendi. That's nothing new. Mm -hmm. But then you see, um, I have books in my bookshelf by, um, by Alice Walker, and right. I have books in my bookshelf. Um, so many authors, like I'm even getting like stopped up thinking about them. Um, and I, I, I go as far as my favorite book in my bookshelf is the autobiography of Marcus Garvey, Marcus mm-hmm. Mosiah Garvey. <laughs> well, you know you see what they did to him, child. So. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you know you might think it's not nothing now, 
but slowly you have to look at the authors that you love and and fiction or nonfiction because you know nonfiction imi- I, I mean fiction imitates real life so if they and don't the, want the real life to be talked about they're gonna ban the fiction eventually right and this is not just about books this is about the overall erasure of black history I mean, we took a pause and actually wanted to dig up the list of banned books that we were referring to in Tennessee and could not find it. Yeah. Yep. Like a long pause. Y'all, y'all ain't gonna know it, but like a long pause. And so, several just Googled and there's... I mean, so just a week ago, we it was a big news story that these books were being banned in several different uh districts across the state of Tennessee and in other states as well had their own lists of books that they were getting rid of or banning from the readings um, of their school districts and can't find the stories anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I just think it it's imperative to like grab hold of these books now if you can. Oh, I just want to, I want to correct myself. Nicole Hannah-Jones calls herself a slanderous and nasty-minded mulatress. Yes. What a name. I need a Monica. Listen, if you have not yet, I need y'all to check out Lovey, Lovey Jones, (laughs) because she is the queen of names. The professional troublemaker. Get it if you don't have it. She will give you a name, honey, okay? She will tell you what house you are a part of and what your attributes are. Uh, I would love to hear her name for Nicole Anna Jones. <laughs> yeah, I, def- I definitely think um, about the topic of the books. Like, you know, I, like I said, I look at my bookshelf and I even look for books for my friends. I have children, young children, and I'm like, okay, like you could buy this now, but is this going to be on one of those? And, you know, there was like a few years ago that you couldn't go into really any bookstore and find like a really good black children's book. And they started popping up more and more and more. And I was so happy Mm -hmm. to be able to buy a black boy's book for a black boy or, you know, a book about black girls for black girls. And you really, it's getting to that point where it's getting scary. It's like, oh, okay. Y'all is going to get rid of it all. It's interesting. Y'all just peep game. Know that the erasure of Black history is happening. So educate yourselves. Um, educate the folks around you so that our stories, our information will continue to be passed on. Um, they didn't want us to know before certain things. We did not learn a lot about Black history Um our educations are different, K through 12. Mm-hmm. You coming from the islands um, and me in the States, we didn't get that much. I didn't learn about Marcus Garvey. I only learned about Marcus Garvey because oh. at home, I got mm-hmm. to teach from- That's your national hero. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So we have to do the due diligence of teaching ourselves. We do. I, I saw a post there that said- um, only 28% of black children have a black school teacher mm-hmm. between K through 12. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was blessed to have black school teachers all through K through 12, but I did not have a black professor in college until I started my PhD program. Oh, wow. And I so, mean, yeah, you go to PWIs, that's kind of what you run into. I was blessed to have um, access to Caribbean culture and Caribbean lit uh, courses at the University of Miami. So that was a blessing. Yes. Yes. Um, So yeah, I mean, it depends on where you go, (laughs) where you're located. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you're just gonna get different access, unfortunately. So I think like, I did have a Caribbean literature class, but I it was taught by a white man. So like, oh well, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, there's only one more thing I can think of. I mean, there's so much more, and it's Black History Month. We could even do small Black History snippets for y'all. Maybe we might do that. A little, might drop it like, a little. like a little mm-hmm. Black History snippet. Find it on Instagram. We'll do a couple days and Something talk about. Something that's not well known though, because like, how many times we gonna learn that I have a dream speech? Okay, no, not like that. I just meant like all <laughs> Black History tapes. Like, like why is it important for Black people to have Black friends and different things like that? But. Oh, but we can also do Black History snippets. Like, tell you a little bit about Marcus Garvey. Y'all may not know about him. Y'all might think he's a Jamaican national hero. But honestly, he's a hero to y'all out here. Because he's been telling y'all, just gather well, your mean, stuff and back to Africa. We talked a little bit about some of these uh, Caribbean hero- Caribbean-turned-American heroes on the um, the Haiti episode. So yep. you can wind it on back to that. But um, yes, but just there, was a, there was a little uh, spicy... A uh, thread that we had talked about on was it Twitter it came from? All skin folk in kin folk, as y'all are preparing to invite people over here for y'all Black History Month barbecues, okay. just make sure that the <laughs> same way you're not gonna in- invite Sally with her potato salad is the same way y'all not gonna invite Mercedes mm-hmm. S. Johnson. That she put her real name on there. That is what I see here. Oh, it is no. on the Twitter. Go ahead and read the um read the thing. Mercedes says, I just offered a candidate 85000 for a job that had a budget of 130000 I offered her that because that's what she asked for. And I personally don't have the bandwidth to give lessons on salary negotiations. Here's the lesson. In capital letters, I'm not going to scream at y'all because I know I already screaming into this mic. But she puts this in our caps. Always ask for the salary you want slash deserve, no matter how large you think it might be. I never, you never know how much money a company has to work with. Hashtag be confident. Mercedes, come down, come down, pond, alta, let's talk. So many problems here. All right. So number one, as a career counselor, I can tell you that, um, a lot of people are not trained on salary negotiations. And to be clear, the salary negotiation does start at the very first interview when some of these companies ask you, what salary are you looking for? Uh, people are not prepared for that. They haven't been trained. They're not educated. They're not sure what to do. Uh, searching for a job is a job in itself. Uh, you need to know what you're doing. It's a process. You got you got to, it, it's a science, an art and a science to it. And a lot of people are not well-versed on how to search for and interview for a job. Now, problem number two, these companies got money. These companies got money and they hide the salaries so that they can continue to perpetuate wage gaps amongst the genders and races. Let me repeat. The reason why salaries are not listed on the job postings as soon as you open it up when you're ready to apply is because the companies want to perpetuate wage gaps amongst their different employees. Let's just say when you see commensurate with experience, run. Because it really means commensurate with race and gender. So a lot of forward-thinking organizations have moved towards listing a range. Um, You may notice that some 
governmental organizations, state and federal, are required to list salaries. So in the state of Florida, government uh, positions have to list the salary so that you know what it is and what you're walking into. But private companies, private organizations are not required at this present, present time, depending on your state. Now, I know New York is working on some legislation to um, create some pay transparency, but hey, we're in America, state to state, it's different. So, Miss, uh, what was her name? Mercedes S. Mer- Jones. Miss Mercedes is a part of the problem. And why this thread got so spicy is because Miss Mercedes is not only a woman, but she is a woman of color. A black woman. As we know, a black I mean, woman. Can you pull up the, the the stats on where we're at right now with uh, pay disparity? So for every one dollar that a white man makes, how much does the other races and under gen- other genders make? Because Miss Mercedes is again helping to perpetuate this unequal, unfair, and unjust system. So. The good girls and guys on um, on the Twitter, and it moseyed on over to Instagram as well, tore Mercedes up. They tore her a new one, ripped her a nice new one, um, and let her know exactly what we have been discussing thus far, that she is a part of the problem. Hopefully, um, one of Mercedes' good aunties pulled her to the side and let her know. They did not because she got back on there and defended herself after they ripped okay. her a new one. Okay. I think the hardest part about this, I am trying to find this wage gap analysis, but I think the hardest part about this is Mercedes is a black woman. The woman that was interviewing is a black woman. I am a black woman. I'm a black woman that is, God help me, steps away from a terminal degree. And in a panoramic, I will tell you this, it is, especially if that person is a single person or that person takes care of their family. You know what? If that person has responsibilities, like most adults do. If you are applying for a job, it's generally because you're trying to get more. So the person might be at 50 now thinking, you know what? I can go in here. I know I'm worth it, but I'm going to ask for 85. I hope that's not too much. I really don't want them to deny my application because then I'm going to be stuck with the 50 I currently get in. So you know what? Let me ask for this 85. Mm -hmm. I'm Mercedes. All you had to say was, well, this position has a cap salary of 130. She could have done that. Two sentences. The two sentences you was going to say would have taken less time than you come in on Twitter and telling us what you had done to that woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All you had to say, this, this had, this job, this position has a salary range of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 85 Mm -hmm. or 75 to 130. So she could have said, okay, give me 120. Nah, so she wants seem too grudgy, grudgy, too much. And she want too much. So give me the liquor 130. Oh, I'm sorry, 120. I leave 10 on the table. You said she was a good candidate. You said she was the best candidate. But you sat down and talked about you don't have time to help people with negotiations. And why is negotiations even a thing when it comes to salary? There's a position. There is a job. You need the job filled. You need somebody to do the work. You have a budget line allocated to pay said person to do the work. Why is it a, let me see how much I can undercut you and underpay you? Cause that's why, really why what it is. Why is that the game? Why is that the game? Cause that really what it is. That what, is it, that... what it should be is, hey, this is the range we have. And this is, this is across the board what, the, what salaries and salary negotiate, negotiation should be. This is the range we have. We have a range of 90 to 130. We're going to start you based on your 
experience that we see in your resume and after talking through the interview with you, we're going to start you at 100. After you've put in six months to a year, you'll have the opportunity to uh, apply for the pay raise, Mm -hmm. which may also come with a new title. And then you'll be bumped up. Or you keep the same title and you still get that pay that pay increase mm-hmm. because now you've been on the job and you've picked up our systems, you know our clients, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to pay you a little more now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, That should already be built in. It, I think that was gut-wrenching for me specifically and for a lot of Black women because hopefully I'll have a published article about this soon. But oftentimes we walk into spaces where we know it's, it's a predominantly white space. It is built on predominantly white culture. And you turn to your left and you see somebody that look like you. And like Dre Johnson said on Blackish, Blackish, you do the proverbial head nod, right? And they don't nod back, honey. And you hope <laughs> that that person understands that I means I gonna look out for you and you gonna look out for me. And based on what Mercedes said, to be honest, I feel like if that if that young lady had found a generous white man or a white woman on a good day, they would have done her better than Mercedes. And that is harsh. Because all we could do is look out for each other. We have a responsibility. Mercedes, let me let me tell her you, because I love a good analogy. If you ever talk, Alicia, you know my analogies can get really far out. But this is one good analogy. We were all just on the Underground Railroad. Mercedes was coming in the opposite direction, coming back from freedom to come do something for her family members. She saw this young lady. The young lady was about to buck into some slave um, catchers. And she said, you know, I just don't have the time to stop her and tell her, go left, don't go right because it's slave catchers over there. Who in their right mind does that? Like somebody said on that, that extra money could be the difference between generational wealth for that, that woman. Yep. That, that could be the yep. difference between her being able to buy a house or not being able to buy a house. It, Come on, Mercedes. Yep. I don't have much for Mercedes. I don't have much for the rest of y'all. But just remember, again, as you slaughter the ribs, as you slaughter the hamburgers, as you put Uncle Derek out there to grill up on the grill master, or if you're in a Caribbean household, as, um, what's them two-part names that Jamaicans always have? Oh. Or really, honestly, the official Jamaican name, Barrington. Um... <laughs> As your uncle Barrington is in the kitchen doing the oxtails, just remember all kinfolk, all skin folk ain't kinfolk. And so you may have to just give somebody a plate at the door and send them back home. Mercedes, you should be ashamed of yourself. Any of you who are in positions, uh, recruiting positions, HR positions, where you have the opportunity to help folks along their career path, do your part. Do your part. We're all a part of a community. Let's help each other. This is not what does what do you gain by this person missing out get, on the money that they're owed? Do you they feel good? She extra. No, they go, go she think they're gonna laugh? give her the extra. <laughs> you're not getting the extra money that she got cut out of her check. You're not getting it. And at the end of the day, you're saving money for a probably large corporation who was gonna pay the money anyway. And they're not gonna give it to you. And you're not in gonna no get way. kudos. You're not going to get a kudos for it either. So those of you in recruitment, please. She think Bob from accounting is going to come tanker. <laughs> please do your part, folks. And um, those of you who are job searching, I don't know if we still resigning or not. But um, 
go ahead and do your research. Reach out to a career coach. They will teach you how to prepare for your salary negotiation. It does include researching for your area, your region, your commensurate experience, uh, what the salary is for said position that you are applying for. You can find great information on salary.com, payscale.com. There are lots of resources online to help you figure out what number you should throw at these people so that you get paid what you are worth. And that is my little teachable moment right there. And we thank her. I will be listening to that uh, part of the episode again when I pull my computer up to go ahead and apply for these jobs because these people are crazy. I'm here to help. So... Yes, that was great. It was good kicking it on the quad with you. Let's wrap this up. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of Black History Month 2022. We are excited to continue talking about all things bliggity bliggity black. I mean, we do it on every episode anyway. So um, if you want to send us, if you want us to touch on any topics or send us any stories, Please connect with us. You can find us on all the socials. We're at Instagram, Never Left College Pod. Twitter, we're at NVR Left College. And you can email us at Never Left College Pod at gmail.com. Come on, y'all come and tell us what y'all school's doing for Black History Month this year. Because, you know, this is the time when the most egregious situations that happen oh. on campus in the name of... Oh. Um, of celebration. So please tell us remember when what is put, going on. Remember when they put the Kofi hat on Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> you know what? Nancy, God, that's a whole different topic and a whole different episode. But Nancy says she running again. I want y'all to understand. Nancy said Supreme Court justices may be a lifetime appointment, but her position is lifetime also. Nancy ain't going nowhere. I can't. I can't. She she might be the last one to just hold out and help us out. So I ain't going to say nothing too much. It's fine. Well, guys, don't forget to connect with us. We want to hear all about your 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 interesting stories. So please send us some of those, um, whether it be on the socials or in email. And that is the end of it for today. Go out um, in the celebration of a of Black History Month, go out and support a black business. Um, while I love, Alicia said it earlier, I love all the um, trinkets that Target brings. Um, I have to also remember that Target is a multi-billion dollar corporation mm-hmm. of possibly black, I mean, of possibly a most predominantly white people, right? So do me the favor. Um, if you find something in Target or you saw something on Target's website and you liked it, but you couldn't find that specific thing, go and find out who the artist or the designer was. I know they even have like, have sourced cotton from black cotton farms in order to make some of these t-shirts that Target has this year. Look to see what those different people and places are doing. Um, maybe on the next episode, we'll shout out some other ones. I know there are two things that just came to my mind. Um, is that um, there is a, a company, I believe they said the young lady was on Shark Tank and she has two of the sharks funding her and it's like bonnets, um, silk bonnets and stuff. So like go try to, you know, support her. And here in Tampa, there is a young 26-year-old black lady that is starting her own mobile coffee um, coffee bar. And so I'll like link her page Um in the description notes, try, just try to like support a black owned business or several black owned businesses, um, especially startup businesses, try to, um, definitely support them 
this month um if you can anyways guys that's the end for today i said that already but it really is the end it's been a good time not a long time but then again no one likes a long class we hope you have had a great week and remember college is a place to live love and laugh but if you never leave we're here to help you make it through have a great week <laughs>